Hi and welcome to the Final Whistles Premier League Weekly presented by LifeNow. The Premier League is back this weekend and we'll preview the key games and run the rule over a tasty upcoming double game week. And with clubs already making use of the January transfer window, we'll fill you in on who these new players are and what they could offer your FPL sides. This is the Final Whistles Premier League Weekly presented by LiveNow. Hi everyone, I'm Deepan. And I'm Raushan. Raushan, we had domestic English football the past weekend with the FA Cup. Plenty of thrills and spills, uh, which resulted in six Premier League teams being knocked out in the third uh, round. <laughs> but but it's not quite the Premier League, is it? You know, especially when we have the, the pressure of FPL riding on the fixtures in the Premier League. Uh, I've missed FPL, I'm not sure about you. Uh, and in today's episode, we are going to be quite FPL-centric and build up nicely to the weekend's action. Uh, but before that, Raushan, uh, I've got the trivia questions. Uh, Just bring trivia it. question ready. Um, a very easy one this week, I feel. Uh, I, I think Already you'll got be, disclaimer. I think you'll Keeping be able to the get pressure. Uh, all right. Uh, so, who am I? I've played for Mourinho. I like this kind of question. Okay. I've played for Rafa Benitez. And I've played for Mauricio Pochettino. Wow. Played for Pochettino, Benitez, and Mourinho. Yep. Wow. Ah, wow, this one must think. Could be a Real Madrid player currently at PSG. Could be a Chelsea player currently at PSG who went to Spurs. Wow. Okay, come back to you. Come back to you. Oh, do you do you need a, a clue to, to bail you out at the moment? Sure, I don't mind a clue. Okay, I give you one more manager to ease it up a bit. Okay. Uh, I mentioned Mourinho, I mentioned Rafa Benitez, I mentioned Pochettino. He has also played for Claudio Ranieri. Ah, uh, Leicester City. Claudio Ranieri is so journeyman, man. You give me a clue <laughs> like this. Okay, okay, never mind, come back to you. All right. Uh, but for now, it's time to get our show started. Uh, what are we talking about first before we go into the fixtures, Raushan? What else but the new faces of the English Premier League? We're going to try and give the listeners some insight and information about the signings made so far in January. And I think there's only one place to start, and that's Aston Villa, who are making waves in this window. We knew Gerard's arrival will spell a brave new world for them, a big, big bright new dawn. And I think they've almost matched it in the window, I feel, with uh, Coutinho signing. I mean, I'm a bit torn with the Coutinho signing, if I'm very honest, Deeps, because I feel Barcelona desperately wanted him off the wage bill so they can um, register Ferran Torres. Coutinho's move to Barcelona has bombed. There's no, there's no question about it. But there's, of course, the romantic side of it where Gerard and Coutinho played in a, the same Liverpool team. And if there's anyone who can conjure that magic, because Coutinho is some player in his pomp. I think he entertained all of us, even rival fans. So... It will be interesting to see if Gerard can conjure that magic and rekindle that spark in, in Coutinho's career. I know you have some reservations about Coutinho's arrival at Aston Villa, right? Yeah, I, I think for me, primarily, it's because of the, the system that, that Aston Villa have. Uh, I think um, before the start of this season, they, of course, went out to get Leon Bailly, uh, who is, of course, an out-and-out winger. Or they already had uh, Bertrand Traore on the books. They've got uh, the Egyptian winger Trezeguet. Uh, Anwar El Ghazi, so lots of wingers 
Um, so you would assume, you know, 433 might be the, the system that they use. So to me, where does a bona fide number 10 like Coutinho fill in? Uh, maybe, you know, one way that they could use Coutinho is to use him in a similar role to, to Buendia when they when they employ a 4-3-3, where Buendia sometimes starts off on the, on the right wing, but plays quite centrally, I would say. Uh, but to me, my question is, Raushan, can Coutinho and Buendia, who was a big signing in the, in the summer, can they coexist in the same lineup together? I'm not quite sure I see that happening. Do you? I think it's hard to envision them being in the same lineup. But I think what Gerard wants is his guy in the job, right? So I think that's why he's brought in one of his signings, a player who he trusts. Buendia ultimately wasn't his signing. Buendia on his day, fantastic player, came with a great reputation from Norwich. But when a new manager comes in, then the manager is going to bring in his own lieutenant, so to speak. So I think Coutinho is a rival that arrives in that vein. And I think it'll be hard to see Gerard fit all those pieces together, the likes of Buendia, the likes of Leon Bailey, as you mentioned. But uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what Aston Villa are trying to achieve because if you look at the table now, they are in the bottom half of the table. So I'm I'm keen to find out what exactly is the ambition for Aston Villa for the remainder of the season to try and push on. Because let's be honest, Coutinho's, they're not stopping with just Coutinho. They are, they are interested in Luca Dean as well, who's obviously unwanted at Everton. And that's another big move because Luca Dean, I think, is a very, very good asset to have at fullback. And we talked about this when Gerard arrived at Aston Villa as well, right? How he likes his fullbacks. They are a key part to how he wants his teams to play. So they've obviously got Matty Cash on the right side and on the left side, they've got, as it stands, Matt Target. So if they do go on to secure Luca Dean, who will, with all due respect, be an upgrade on Matt Target, it'll be interesting to see him supply ammunition for the likes of Ings, who is a bona fide goal scorer. And then they got Watkins buzzing about in the box as well. So it'll be interesting to see if Luca Dean comes through. Those two signings might actually push Aston Villa on to at least touch European places, not top four or anything, but probably Europa League. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think I'm I'm for one, you know, as much as I don't understand um in tactically the move, uh, but for sure I'm excited as well. And, and the interesting bit here is that. Uh, we have not been able to find out the FPL pricing for, for Coutinho yet, uh, but I suspect he will be in the region of what seven or the or latter six uh, million. Would you bring him into the team? Because, I mean, when we talk about the FPL perspective, it's not just him, right? I think it's the ammunition that he might provide for uh, a, a FPL favourite like Watkins or, or Danny Ings. Does that make you want to get him into your team? It is tempting. It is tempting, but uh, not straight away. Not ahead of this upcoming game week, at least. Purely because there's a double game week looming. So my my transfers or my ins, my changes will be focused on that. And Aston Villa just don't fall into that category at the moment. And it'll also give me some time to see how he does before I decide if I want to bring him in or not. Uh, what about the fact that, you know, when we look at Aston Villa right now, uh, I think the FA Cup game against Manchester United was an example where um, we, we expected them to be more defensively organised. Uh, do you expect them to you know become a bit more attacking than they already are under uh, Gerard going forward? Especially now, they've got Coutinho, we talk about Lucas Dine. Uh, do you see like uh, the assimilar assets like Watkins and all being favourites in the coming weeks? Uh, I, I'm looking at their run of fixtures, Aston Villa here, and they obviously play Manchester United in the Premier League this weekend. But then they have a reasonable fixture where 
the likes of Coutinho will settle in quite well on paper. At least they face uh, out of sorts. Everton, Leeds United out of sorts. Newcastle, obviously in a relegation battle. Watford in a relegation battle. Uh, Brighton and Southampton. So to answer your question, I do see Aston Villa, the new signings hitting the ground running with the fixtures they have. That defensive stability you talk about, I, I do suspect the next area of concern for Steven Gerrard will be the middle of their defence. I unfortunately cannot rate Tyron Mings very highly. I know he's the club captain. I know he wears the armband. But on more occasion than once, I've seen him be the liability in that defence. I think he was at fault for losing McTominay yesterday uh, in the FA Cup tie as well. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they push on from here. I, I certainly, looking at the way the board has backed Gerrard, I feel like they're not stopping anytime soon. And while all eyes were on Newcastle and how they're going to splash their cash in this window, it looks like Aston Villa, the early days yet, 10 days into January, seemingly have won the window. All right, moving on now to other clubs. And of course, Everton have already signed two players in this transfer window. Uh, that is, of course, Scottish right-back uh, Patterson and, of course, Ukrainian left-back Michael Lenko. I uh, just want to talk briefly about these two players. I, I'm not someone who knows much about Patterson. I've seen him play a few times. Uh, what I can say is that you know he's a right back who's got who's got full of pace. Uh, you've got Seamus Coleman who's been there for donkey years now uh, on the, on the right back spot. So I think Patterson comes in to bring in a bit of competition there at right back. Um, I saw a bit of Patterson for for Rangers, and he's someone who you know uh, instead of taking on uh, the opposition wingers when he bombs forward. He likes to get that one, two, and then get into the box. Uh, so something to to keep an eye on, you know, for FPL managers because he's at four point five million. I'm not quite sure if he's going to replace Coleman so soon. Uh, but again, like I said, something to keep an eye on. But here's the guy I'm really excited to see in the Premier League, uh, Michael Lenko. Uh, of course, you know, the Ukrainian domestic game is quite slow paced. Uh, you know, players like Kim tend to stand out when you're bombing forward from from the left. Uh, back position. Uh, but Michael Lenko actually started out as a left-sided centre-back. So he's got the defensive attributes to his game. Uh, but I think he's been deployed at left-back because he's shown attacking qualities. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen a few times uh, for Ukrainian national team, uh, he's someone who is not afraid to get forward. Uh, at 5 million, you know, a bit a bit pricey for, for FPL, for, especially for Everton defence that you can't really trust at the moment. Uh, but I'm excited to see what he can do. And I think these two signings, Raushan, uh, to bring you in on, the, on this conversation is, I think it gives Everton something to look forward to till the end of the season. Because let's be honest, it's not been a great season for them. But you see the likes of Calvert-Lewin has come back into, into the frame. Uh, Richarlison is going to be back to full fitness. Uh, Demarai Gray has been outstanding. So once all these... Uh, pieces are fit in together. I see Everton having a good end to the season. What about you? I don't know. I'm not entirely convinced that they will push on from here. There's a myriad of reasons. The the players you bring up, obviously, they, they will play a big part in a possible resurgence. I just feel Benitez went into the job already half out of it almost, if you understand what I mean. I mean, with his history and the fans and all that. And now that the pressure is cranking on him, I, I don't know whether the players are going to be as tuned in with him. And judging by the two signings he's made, yes, as you pointed out, valuable additions to the team. But are they the the signings to turn a season around? I'm not sure. Are they hit turners? Are they going to give the kick up the backside the Everton need? I'm not convinced. I take your point entirely about players returning from injury. I think Benitez has been dealt a very hard hand in on that front. But I just I don't see Everton finishing in the top half of the table, quite honestly. 
All right, let's move on now to the many bags, uh, Newcastle United, uh, who of course signed Kieran Trippier for 12 million, uh, linked to a host of other players as well, who which they barely, uh, they really, 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 really need because mm. uh, you, you, we saw at the weekend they were dumped out uh, of the FA Cup by Chesterfield, right? Uh, Cambridge United. Ah, Cambridge United. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I messaged uh, Sazali, who's of course a, a Newcastle United fan as well, yeah. and I told him, "Look, I, I know Newcastle are bad, but you've just gone and lost to university, or what?" <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Newcastle really really need help at the moment, and and Trippier, uh, was of course linked to to Manchester United uh, in the off season. Uh, is he the kind of signing Newcastle need at the moment? A proven English Premier League. Uh, uh, defender who has experience. I th- I think so. I think so. I I don't think fullback is their biggest position. So maybe on that front, they haven't addressed the issue. But Trippier is a guy who's uh, uh England international. He comes with experience. He's uh applied his trade overseas. So that's going to have taught him something. And people often forget that he spent time at Burnley as well, fighting uh fighting in the lower reaches of the league. So I think that will account for something going into this. And that, that Newcastle backline needs some sort of leadership. I don't think Trippier is going to come in and solve the problems, but I think Trippier will at least bring some a steady head to the back as well as offer a threat going forward. And I think you mentioned earlier about all the players Newcastle are linked to. I think if we go through the list, we'll reach next week's podcast already <laughs> because everybody knows they have money, right? So they're just going to be linked to every player who will the club will then add an additional zero at the back because Newcastle know they have money. To get Trippier for 12 million, I think is all right. Because in the last window, I think they quoted Manchester United 30 million or what mm, to get the same yeah. player. So I think Trippier for 12 million is an England international you're getting, but I think they cannot stop there. I think Newcastle need a few more signings. There's no point having Trippier and then you don't have a focal point in attack. I mean, obviously, Caleb Wilson is there, but he's injured. Uh, how long he'll be out for, we don't know. And just, when just you're... on that point, Raushan, uh, you talk about you know having Trippier and needing a focal point. Uh, you know, over the years in the Premier League, I think Trippier is one of the best crosses uh, of a ball from from right back, uh, which is why I, I was quite uh, surprised to see that um, against Cambridge, you know, they opted for that, that tactic. You know, they kept having Trippier cross the ball in, but they don't have a focal point. Like we said, Joel Linton, uh, I'm not even, even sure if he's even a point. Talk about it. <laughs> I said about focal <laughs> Let point. alone focal, yeah. yeah. So I think Chris Wood, uh, who they've been linked to uh, from Burnley, who hasn't had the best of season as well, but I think he's really smart because not only are you getting someone who's going to be the yeah. aerial focal point, but you're also weakening your direct your, rival, yeah, yeah. Uh, relegation rival. But mm. again, you know, if you're Burnley, would you sanction that move? I mean, you're 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 going to strengthen your rival, right? But I heard there's a the, there's a release clause involved, of course, yeah, uh, which they have to accept. So I, I mm. think I'm very very interested to see whether this move comes up. But if Chris Wood goes to Newcastle. I'll be, you know, I'll be willing to get Trippier into my team because, you know, with the crosses, you get assist points as well. And I think yeah. it's a really, really good option to have from Newcastle. Yeah, I think for Newcastle, the football here on fourth has to be functional. You cannot expect Eddie Howe to play your tiki-taka, entertain you off the park from the remaining, they are 19 games into the season. They have 19 left to save their Premier League lives. They have to think about where they're going to win points. And I think assigning like Chris Wood to your point, banging in the crosses uh, that Trippier will provide might give them the outlet at least because the the more you start looking up and then you don't win games and then you're going to start struggling when you're playing catch up for so long, right? It's the same for when I was in school doing my homework. So I think <laughs> they, need to, they need to start winning soon and I think Newcastle really need to focus on functional football to get them through to the end of the season and then they can talk about that, that, that project they have under new ownership. All right. Uh, let's now move on to Watford. We have made three signings already in this window. 
Uh, that's of course Sameh from Udinese, a centre-back. Uh, Hassan Kamara, uh, a left-back uh, from the French League. And also Edo Kayembe from the Belgian League. Uh, just to fill in people on, on who these three players are briefly, uh, Kamara is of course a left-back like I mentioned. Uh, I'll touch more on him a bit later on when we look at the double game weeks uh, or even the players to have for our Fantasy Premier League. Uh, Samir is of course a centre-back, uh, improves their defensive options. And Edu Kayembe, he's a box-to-box midfielder. Uh, for you, Raushan, what I wanted to ask is, you know, we look at Watford, uh, up front they've got Dennis, they've got Josh King, more or less uh, a steady front line. Uh, clearly, the problems have been at the back where they've had, uh, at times, unfit Danny Rose at left-back. Uh, centre-back, I think Truce Ekong, uh, the Nigerian centre-back, hasn't been great. Uh, does these two signings in Kamara and Samir really show that Ranieri has got his priorities right? Uh, I mean, they have to address a leaky defence, right? So I think he's gone out and done that. To be fair, when when I look at those names, they're not they're not your Hollywood signings. They're not going to be... They're not coming in for a big fee to 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 excite the fans or anything like that. I, I feel like Ranieri is a guy who's been in football long enough to have done his homework before he signs players. So at least the Watford fans can look forward to that. I find it quite cute that on the script, all three are undisclosed in classic Watford fashion, right? They do things with a with a veil on top of everything. So all the fees are undisclosed. We don't know uh, how much uh, they've invested in these players. Uh, we know the structure at Watford can be a bit different whereby they're loaning players from one of their parent clubs and stuff like that. But it'll be interesting to see whether Watford can get themselves out of this mess with these signings. Uh, I've said it before, I don't think Watford will survive the drop purely because... You look around them, they're fighting with Burnley and Newcastle for their Premier League lives. It's going to be difficult for them. All right. uh, Let's now, of course, go in straight into the fixtures in the coming game week. Right. This is Who's Next, where we look ahead to matches in the Premier League whilst also picking out some FPL assets to consider. For the forthcoming campaign, Life Now will offer single match passes for the Premier League and provide a flexible option for football fans in Singapore with the ability to purchase pay-per-view passes for one fixture per match week. And we know you fellas listening in love a good giveaway, as do we, to be honest. So don't forget to go to our Instagram or Facebook page at the Final Whistle to find out how you can win three free Premier League match passes each week for yourself. This week, Live Now's featured match of the week is Liverpool against Brentford. All right, Raushan, I think that the obvious question uh, or topic you have to discuss is uh, this is not your average Liverpool side. This is a Liverpool side without Mo Salah, without Sadio Mane, and without Nabi Keita. Do you see them struggling in this fixture against Brentford? Uh, I, I I don't know, to be honest. Uh, you, the names you mentioned are all key players, especially the top two, Mane and Salah. Uh, this was always the, the challenge that was going to be for Liverpool when AFCON came around. This was the opportunity for rivals to close the gap, rival fans to mock them almost. And Brentford is not going to be easy. I think one thing that will go in their favour is they're playing at Anfield. And I think uh, there's been a lot of furore, shall we say, about false positive COVID tests, da-da-da-da-da, a lot of drama online, at least in the social media chatter. So I think Liverpool will come out wanting to prove a point. And uh, I, I feel like Liverpool still will have a bit too much for Brentford in this one. What about you? Yeah, I, I actually uh, think Brentford, you know, so far in the Premier League this season, they've shown that they're not your average promoted side. Uh, they have got a lot about their gameplay. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, they can be direct at times and play swashbuckling football at times as well. 
uh, against Liverpool, I, I do expect them to be a bit more direct than usual. Uh, I think they have got Brian uh, Mbumo back uh, in action as well, who will form that front two with Ivan Tony. Um, you know, I, I do see this one being uh, upset, um, either a Brentford victory or, or a draw. Uh, and of course, I think that the previous uh, matchup between these two didn't end up in a, in a draw as well. Uh, yeah, I think it was a high-scoring draw as well, right? Yeah, I think it was 3-3, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah so, I recall so correctly. So, I, I think, again, you know, Brentford have shown, but of course, that, that game was at uh, Brentford Community Stadium, mm. or this one is at Enfield. Two, two very, very different games. Uh, but I think Brentford have shown before that they can really make use of uh, their front two. Uh, I think Mo Salah and Sadio Mane being uh, out of uh, the Liverpool lineup is going to be a big, big boost. Because you look at who's coming in for them, uh, I think you can say Jota will probably start out on the left. Uh, Firmino will be up front. And then most likely Minamino will be on the right flank. Uh, you know, I don't think Brentford will be too scared of that. Uh, Possibly, I, yeah. yeah I, I think if you're Ethan Pinock or, or one of the, the Brentford defenders, you will be say, hey, you know, bring it on. We have I a think, chance here. Yeah. yeah, we have a chance here. So I think mm. that confidence will help them. Uh, I think they will take the game to Liverpool. And yeah, I see this being a, a draw. What's your prediction for this one? I, 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 I see it being a close run game because I take your point, Brentford psychologically will have the edge, especially with Liverpool missing their big hitters. But I suspect Liverpool will come through eventually. I say this one. 3-2 to Liverpool. Well, uh, I, I'm not going to go for such a high-scoring uh, game, but I see this one ending up 1-1, uh, uh, perhaps with uh, Ivan Tony getting on the, on the score sheet here for Brentford. Um, other fixtures that, of course, we have to look forward to is, of course, a big, big one. Uh, Manchester City against Chelsea. Uh, Roshan, uh, in, in, in a few weeks, I think in the space of, I think, three to four weeks, Suddenly, he has become a, a Man City cantering to the to the title. Mm. Uh, Chelsea have a chance here to to get the victory because I think when we look at Manchester City, one thing I think a lot of us agree on is, yeah, maybe Liverpool and Chelsea are not going to drop many points henceforth. But will Manchester City lose three to four games? People will tell you no chance. Uh, but Chelsea have a prime chance here. Go to the Etihad Stadium and get all three points. Do you see that happening? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I would I would like for it to happen purely because you don't want it to be a procession. You want it to be a bit of a race. And yeah, I think people are right when they say they don't expect Man City to lose that many games in a row. But hey, at the start of the season, I know it was early days yet, but Chelsea look unstoppable until injuries caught up with them. So never say never, right? We, we have talked about Man City at length, especially in the last episode with uh, two City fans. So we know what they're all about. And I, I suspect they will win this because I just think Guardiola doesn't look like someone who who loosens his grip once he's got it almost. And in that sense, I do think it's curtains for the title race if City beat Chelsea this weekend. Uh, in terms of Chelsea, I think with the whole Lukaku drama and all, uh, of course, that has been settled since uh, we last spoke about it. Uh, he's coming to the side. Uh, uh, he, he's been doing quite well in, in recent games that he's played for, for, for Chelsea. Uh, do you see Lukaku being a difference maker? I mean, given that he's now back in the lineup, because I mean, I'm trying to look at the, the possibilities of, of Chelsea getting a victory here. And I think one way is possibly through Lukaku bullying uh, Man City's defence. But again, with uh, Diaz and Laporte, <laughs> it's yeah. a tough ask. Yeah. Um, do you see Chelsea though, you know, with Tuchel's tactical... Uh, I would say, I wouldn't want to call him a masterclass in, 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 te- in tactics, but we saw that before in the Champions League final. Uh, yeah. where, where and Tuchel, in the... 
uh, Wetuko produced something a bit different and Man City had no answer for that. Yeah. I, I, I'm just being hopeful here. I, I know that you've said that you know you don't see Chelsea winning here. I'm, I'm thinking that if Tuchel were to really examine this game, is Lukaku being a difference maker something you see possibly happening? Possibly, I think uh, Lukaku owes it to the fans at least to give his best. And Tuchel, to your point, has 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 shown Sorry, what just you to, are... just, to, just to pause you there. If Lukaku scores the the winner, let's say in this game, mm. uh, and pulls Chelsea back into the title race, everything forgiven? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think as it stands, he's come out. I mean, it seemed like a PR stunt, him coming out. I apologize, but it had to be done. Um, yeah, I, I think a striker, the best way to apologize is not on the camera, but on the pitch. And uh, I don't think just goals against City will will win him win the fans over for him, but goals in general will win it win for him, especially against Man City. Uh, Lukaku might be the best chance Chelsea have to shock this City team. And to your point, Tuchel has uh, done it before against Guardiola, but I, I just feel Chelsea have been hard hit by injuries. Two of their strongest positions at the start of the season have 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 uh, faltered. They've lost Chilwell, they've lost Reese James, who at one point were their top scorers. Huh? So I think that's uh, set Chelsea back in a, in a difficult way. And I think that's why Man City might have a bit too much for them. And when you look at the likes of the options that Man City have going forward, and then you look at Chelsea, who will have Marcus Alonso at left back, I assume, uh, doesn't fill me with confidence in terms of keeping a clean sheet against this Man City team. So uh, I suspect Man City to win this quite quite easily. Okay. Uh, before we preview the last game of the week, just want to run everybody through the fixtures in the upcoming game week. Uh, of course, it starts on Friday night, Saturday morning at 4 a.m. Brighton against Crystal Palace. Uh, and then, of course, on Saturday, the first fixture, it's uh, Manchester City against Chelsea at 8.30 p.m. Uh, Norwich, Everton at 11 p.m. Wolves, Southampton at 11 p.m. Newcastle, Watford, uh, a relegation six-pointer uh, on Saturday at 11 p.m. Burnley, Leicester at Saturday 11 p.m. And of course, the last uh, fixture of Saturday night, uh, early Sunday, it's Aston Villa at home to Manchester United. A repeat of the FA Cup fixture, which United won 1-0. Uh, and of course, on Sunday, we've got West Ham and Leeds United. Again, uh, FA Cup fixture. Um, this is at Sunday 10pm and liverpool Brentford at Sunday 10pm. And then the last fixture of the game week, a North London derby. Uh, Tottenham, Tottenham at home against Arsenal. Uh, uh, Sunday night, Monday morning, 12.30 a.m. fixture. Uh, over the last few game weeks, I think Arsenal you know, have been fantastic, I think, uh, in, in the Premier League. Uh, but of course, they started and got knocked out um, against uh, Northern Forest in the FA Cup. Do you see that being a factor here? I mean, Tottenham, of course, had an easy fixture, but they found themselves being 1-0 behind, uh, but came back uh, and won the game 3-1. Do you feel like that, that mix of uh, a feel-good factor for Spurs progressing and then uh, Arsenal getting knocked out will play into this fixture at all? Uh, I think it will play psychologically, but to steal an old cliche, when you go into a derby like this, the form guide is out of the window, right? It, the the pre-match uh, motivation writes itself. But this is the point I made, I think, a couple of podcasts ago where the Conte factor against the Ateta factor. This is where I think Conte will 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 show his experience, show his uh, guile to lead this Tottenham side to a victory over Arsenal, which will be an important victory in the race for top four. Uh, I, I agree with you that Arsenal will be on the back foot having lost to Nottingham in the Cup. But you can also look at it in the flip side that now they're desperate to win over uh, their fans and tell, tell the fans that they are in a good way, right? So I think it'll be... It's it's evenly poised, this one. It's very hard to call, but I do suspect 
as with most North London derbies, it's going to be a fiery affair. There, uh, when you have a manager like Conte on the sidelines, I think your players will be even more psyched up for a game like this, if that's possible at all. And I do suspect Tottenham will edge this one despite Arsenal's best attempts. Yeah, so I think there's two prongs to look at this game, right? One where uh, you look at the form of these two sides. I think Spurs haven't been great, uh, while Arsenal have been, and I'm talking specifically about the Premier League. Uh, but like you said, you know, when it comes to a derby game, it's almost as if you're playing um, a, a separate game from whatever your form has been. Uh, and you look at Conte, I think he's a big, big, big factor here. Uh, we saw the game against Liverpool where Spurs were full of energy. I suspect we will see that Spurs uh, against Arsenal. Can Arsenal match up to the intensity and, and the furore in the game? We, we saw that they couldn't do it uh, in the game against City when... Uh, you know, decisions went against them. They suddenly lost their cool, got a needless red card, and the game was lost. And another example that comes to mind is the game against Liverpool where they started very well, and then suddenly mm. there was a touchline fracas between um, Ateta and Klopp, and then suddenly they, they lost the game 4 nil. So, you know, Arsenal are, are that way at the moment. I, I think at the moment they are, they are backs against the wall and, and the pressure is on them. They seem to falter. But... At the end of the day, I don't think Spurs have the quality to, to overcome Arsenal. So, I'm going to sit on the fence here. I'm going for a 2-2 draw in this game. I, I see both of them cancelling each other out. Um, and that's, yeah, that's of course the fixtures for the upcoming game week. But we have a superb double game week coming up. Love uh, it. And, and, the, and the games in addition that we have to the ones that I've mentioned are uh, Wednesday, 19th January. It's Burnley-Watford. Uh, and then we've got Brighton, Chelsea. The next day, we've got Leicester, Tottenham, and of course, Brentford, Manchester United. Uh, a double game week, you know, for me, is by far the most fun and anticipated time of the year for any FPL manager. Uh, to me, arguably, the most important period because it's where huge gains can be made, right? If you play your cards, right? Or in this case, your chips, uh, you can get, you know, surpassed. You can surpass the, the people in your league, uh, especially if you captain the right player. Uh, and the eight teams who have a double game week uh, in the upcoming game week is, of course, Brentford, Brighton, Burnley, Chelsea, Leicester City, Manchester United, Spurs, and Watford. Raushan, um, we're going to take turns here by, by talking about uh, two players each who we think should be in everybody's teams or, or it will be in our teams at least. Um, but first of all, which are the two teams you have seen from these eight here uh, that are possibly wants to look at? Wow. I think for me, Chelsea, uh, the ones to look at, I know they have a tough fixture against Man City, but they also have Brighton. And uh, Chelsea, especially their midfield assets, have caught the eye in recent weeks and that's why I'm particularly keen on Chelsea. Another one for me is uh, Leicester City. I know we've talked about them being a bit of a jackal and hide this year, not hitting the highs of last year. But they've got a couple of players in good nick, very good nick actually. And uh, so for me, Chelsea and Leicester City, both teams in blue are the ones to look out for. Yeah, so so I agree completely with Leicester City. Uh, I think a wave picture against Burnley is, is, is something that you can look at. Uh, and also at home to Spurs. And Spurs, I, I wouldn't say they've been the greatest defensively. So so I think Leicester's attackers definitely do have a chance there as well. Um, and now, of course, uh, of course, you mentioned Chelsea. I'm not going to mention Chelsea. But to me, Watford, Watford are interesting thing oh, as well because yeah. we look at the two fixtures that, that they have. These are two fixtures that Ranieri will, will look at and say, we need to get yeah. uh, three points from both of these games. You know, mm. because Newcastle United away and Burnley away, uh, I, I see Watford 
winning them. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be too hard for them to come away with points. So I think definitely Watford attackers are, are some we'll be looking at. But let's start off with you. Uh, who is your first player that uh, you have earmarked? So I've earmarked Leicester City player who I picked out as one of the teams to look out for. For me, James Madison, I've said this before, I think, but he looks in good nick. Uh, I think he's 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 good value, especially going into a double game week. We talked about uh, Burnley being there for the taking. I agree with you completely. Spurs are there for the taking from a defensive point of view as well. So why not opt for Madison? And that's one of my two picks heading into the double game week. Yeah, so so I, I also t- took a look at uh, James Madison because I, I first and foremost, I think he's been in tremendous form. Uh, I think he's a very, very obvious player to own. Uh, I think he's managed about four double-digit scores in the last six games, uh, if I'm not wrong. And that's why I read at least or remember from reading. But like I said, I think it's too obvious of a choice. I think a lot of people will be going for him. Uh, me, as you know, I always like to think outside the, the box. Uh, Differential. Doesn't always work. La. Let me just put it that way. Uh, but I like the look of Adimola Lukman. Ah, uh, <laughs> good choice. Yeah. So, I I mean, he the obvious thing to look at is he's the one who scored the winner against uh, Liverpool. Uh, in the last Premier League fixture. Uh, but what I'm specifically looking at is his price and, and his performances in when he's been given a chance. So in the FA Cup fixture against Watford, uh, which Leicester won, he had two assists in that game. Uh, and his price, six million. Mm. Uh, to me, uh, to me, I think it's fantastic. I think James Madison is 6.97. So of course, 6.9. 6.9. So, I mean, it's not that far away, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but six million to me, I think is a, is a good pricing to have. Uh, and also, I think Vardy's injured at the moment. Uh, so he's a OP, right? He's a midfielder in FPL, but he's going yeah, to chances he, are play yeah. higher up the pitch anyway. Play, so chances pitch. are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like the look of Lukman as well. I I must agree. Great choice, that one. Yeah. So so I I'd be hoping to to bring him in. Of course, if if the the budget is just right. Uh, let me also lead off with uh the second player, uh who I I wish to have, and that's of course uh Leo Leandro Trossard. Uh, from from Brighton, um, you look at Brighton. You know they're always one of those teams that create plenty of chances. Yes, they don't always finish them off. Uh, but I think home fixtures, double home fixtures against Crystal Palace and Chelsea, uh, to me probably is where he might pick up those points from. Uh, six point one million again, a, a very cheap option to have. Uh, played well against Brentford on Boxing Day. I think he scored as well. Uh, and I think he's a great differential pick for the double game week. I agree. I think uh, Trossard is always on your radar. I feel like you've you've mentioned him to me in conversations before, at least. And judging by Brighton's fixtures, why not? For me, I'm going for a Chelsea asset here, and that's uh, Mason Mount. Uh, I think there's a lot of managers who would be cashing in on Salah uh, heading into this period. So that frees up a lot of funds. And that's exactly what I plan to do. I plan to usher Salah out of my team and then bring in a few new midfielders. And Mason Mount is central to that purely because I feel he delivers for Chelsea. He's a sure starter. And I think he he either scores or he's going to set someone up for a goal. And he's always in and about. Maybe against Man City, I feel he might even raise his game because of what is at stake in terms of the title race. And then Brighton, I expect him to do well as well. So I'm going for Mason Mount. Right. Uh, before I go into the the captain segment, uh, I mentioned Watford a bit earlier on uh, in terms of the fixtures that they have. Of course, two away games, uh, Newcastle and Burnley. I think one striker that many people will be looking to have is, of course, Josh King. Uh, what is an interesting stat that I picked out is when it comes to expected goals this season, um, Josh King is only behind Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, Mikel Antonio from West Ham. 
Wow. Uh, so so that's a, a mind-blowing stat. And again, like I said, with Newcastle and Burnley on the horizon, you expect him to score at least in one of those two games. Would you Would you choose Josh King over Emmanuel Dennis? Yeah, I think I might be forced to if, if Dennis isn't past fit because I, I think he's a doubt for, for at least one of the games. Okay. Uh, but to me, you know, if he's available... It's a, it's a hard one. I I think I would still go for for Josh King ultimately because of what he provides as a as out and out striker. But okay. one player that I promise to talk about is of course Kamara, the new left back for for Watford. I I think that I I know he's not. We don't know if he will make his debut for sure. But with these two fixtures that they have, I will try to bring him in at four point five million. Uh, the reason I say this is because whenever I've watched him in the French league, he's been wonderful. Uh, sometimes I even question if this guy is playing left wing or what. That's how high up he gets. I know you know people point to Watford's defense and say you know he's not quite a, a clean sheet uh, personnel, but I think he's really really someone who is to look out for in the Premier League in the in the in these closing stages of the Premier League. Um, you know when during the 2019-20 season he was actually named the top flight's best left back. Oh, wow. uh, in, in that particular season and uh, for one one particular goal I remember was this half volley that he, he executed uh, from a clearance uh, playing in the Europa League against uh, Bayer Leverkusen so again he has that technique he has the goals he has the speed uh, I, I really really am looking forward to bringing him into the team because I know nobody else is going to do that <laughs> uh, so so yeah uh, of course now let's move on to the, se- uh, the segment of the captaincy uh, Roshan, who are you going to have? And is it a foregone conclusion that you'll definitely be someone who has a double game week? Yeah, 100%. He has to be someone who has a double game week because otherwise, why play FPL, right? Uh, so on that on that note of who to captain, that's the thing. We are we're really spoiled for choice because there's so many teams competing and depends on how you want to stack your team up. I'm leaning towards almost a, a Leicester player, you know, because I just feel... It affords me a bit more assurance than a Chelsea player. Um, I, I'm also... One name I haven't mentioned and I feel sad that we haven't mentioned him because of the season he's having is Harry Kane. I feel he always loves a goal against Arsenal. So uh, why are we not considering bringing Harry Kane? As I mentioned, there might be funds available if Salah is out of your team. Uh, I might consider bringing Harry Kane. But I think for my armband, I'm going to go for someone like James Madison or steal your idea and go for Lukman because I think both of them will provide good good value for games against Burnley and Spurs. Yeah, I think one team that people will be surprised we haven't mentioned at all in double game is of course Manchester United. But hmm. I'm going to be very honest, even as a fan, I mean, looking at the way United have been playing at the moment, I have no idea who I would even bring into my team. Uh, you, you will feel more like a lottery than anything because you don't even know whether Ronaldo will play in both games. You don't know if Bruno will play in both games. It's impossible to say at the I, moment. I was considering Diego Dalo, but he obviously picked up a, quite a bad gash in the FA Cup game. So God knows if he'll be fit and ready for the, the, the game against Aston Villa at the weekend. So to your point, it's a bit of a lottery who you want to bring in. So if I were you, I'll just steer clear of Manchester United for fans like us, just stick through. But for FPL's sake, you know, I mean, just uh, play it safe and steer clear. Yeah, so, so for me, I think my captaincy is likely going to go to... Uh, the Watford attacker that I eventually bring in, whether it's going to be Emmanuel Denise or uh, Josh King. Kamara um, also attacker, right? <laughs> that one will be a suicide case like, if I were to put in. I dare but, you. <laughs> but I, I think I, I follow your point as well. I think Leicester City's players are, are, are once look at. I suspect, I might be wrong, uh, but by the time the, the deadline is gone, uh, I think Leicester players will be at the top of the list in terms of uh, how many managers have, have captained them. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's wait and see, but I'm 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 looking forward to the upcoming gaming fixtures and also having my fingers crossed that 
none of them are postponed or at least the ones that I... That's the thing. That's the scary part about making transfers. Today, I found a bit of time at work. Don't tell my boss. But I was sitting down and working out the FPL uh, transfers in. But I was so afraid to lock them in purely because you don't know what games are going to go ahead. So I'm going to leave them to the last minute. And um, as and like you rightly pointed out, it does kick off on Friday night. So I'll lock it in before that. But hopefully there's not too many cancel games that ruin our double game week plans. Yep. Uh, I just want to go at Trivia before uh, ah, we wrap things up. I, I almost forgot about Trivia. I would like to try this answer, which will be Robert Hooth. That's a, a very interesting answer, but uh, it's wrong. Okay, is uh, he, has he retired? No, I'm going to give you uh, two more clues. Okay, so, what a so man. So first of all, in a giving answer. mood. Yes, first of all, I'm going to answer your question. He's not retired. Okay. Uh, no, tell you what, I give you three clues, lah, bro. What a man. Yeah. So my first clue is that he's not retired. My second clue is that uh he's also played for Jurgen Klopp. Uh, okay. And my third clue is the fact that we have talked about him on this episode. Wow. Uh, we've talked about him on this episode. He's played for Jurgen Klopp. So it's either Liverpool or Dortmund. Why Dortmund or oh, Klopp? Okay. Yeah. So again, Mourinho, Rafa Benitez, Claudio Ranieri, Jurgen Klopp, and Maurizio Pochettino. Wow. And he's still active, huh? He's, yeah, we've talked about him on this episode. Okay, I'll make it a bit easier for you because I, I want to I want to hear you say his name because uh, I want to see the look on your face. Uh, Jose Mourinho, Inter Milan. Rafa Benitez, Inter Milan. Claudio Ranieri was at Inter Milan. Jürgen Klopp was at Liverpool and Mauricio Pochettino was in his early youth career at Espanyol. Oh, wow. Inter Milan to Liverpool. Ooh. Uh... Okay, I'm going to bail you out here. So, the player is Phil Coutinho. Oh! <laughs> I forgot that Coutinho spent time at Inter Milan. Alright. Uh, there was a good trivia, a good try there. Uh, hopefully you fare better. Not a good uh, try. You know, to be so kind to me. I was rubbish. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you have fares better. Hopefully you have a better time in FPL this week uh, like many of our managers will. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode and thank you, Raushan, for accompanying me again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Speak to you soon.